Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. This is a, a second attempt at an introduction to this conversation with Jackie Pretorian about her undertaking to become an executive coach, something to add to her suite of strengths and practices and something that she can do indefinitely, no matter how her occupation may change over the next years. And I was going on and on in this first attempt at an introduction. I said, wait a minute, this is getting to be longer than the actual conversation. Why don't I just cut to the chase and say to you listeners, this is an extraordinarily smart, perceptive, together human being, Jackie, who takes on something and never, never lets it go until she's got it right on her terms and by her standards. So she is definitely uh, a practitioner's practitioner and soon to be a fully uh, accredited executive coach. So let's listen to Jackie and stop listening to me. Folks, one of the very first conversations that Peter Vale and I had with a third party, a former student of mine, Jackie Bedurian, uh, was way back, I think around episode 13 or so, or interlude, something or other, but it was a while ago. And over time, Jackie has changed her <laughs> what would we say? She's not changed her stripes. She's still a tiger <laughs> or tigress, but she has um, constantly adapted to the realities of the pandemic and of, of, of the way the corporations continually uh, merge and reemerge and all of that action. And, and, and so one thing I've learned in our frequent conversations with Jackie is that she has gripped hold of something that, that she can use to maintain some stability in her professional work. And that is coaching. Executive coaching, as it's sometimes called, or maybe coaching writ large. But Jackie, that's my theory, that you will find coaching something that, well, everything else may be going a little weird around you, uh, when you can lock into a coaching episode with a client that pre presents you with another state of being right or wrong. I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it becomes almost like a, uh, a meditation of sorts for me. Hmm. And I have found that perhaps using an overused term, but, moment of zen when i get into a coaching experience and how i would describe that for others would be i have complete and utter focus and because of the priority i am putting on the person in front of me i'm somehow magically able to block out most other voices that uh, surmise uh, consciously and consciously and unconsciously um in our day-to-day -day interactions wow that that's focus <laughs> that's focusing <Yeah>. focus <laughs> i don't have it anywhere else in my life but right then and there in that hour in 45 minutes it happens that didn't just come overnight i know you've been going through a, 
training, certification, uh, clinical practice, uh, supervised, somewhat supervised. Uh, eventually, your goal will be to be a certified executive coach. That's correct. Yes, I'm working towards getting accreditation through the International Coaching Federation, which is ICF. Right. And when did you start feeling uh, that you were getting that can focusing under your own control or it was it was controlling you do you remember how, how long into your journey here because you've been at it you know six at least six months that i can recall yeah actually the training started june 2021 so almost exactly a year ago now there we go there yeah we go. yeah yeah so, so roughly when did you start feeling this wonderful feeling of focus so what i realized what I'll say is probably midway through the program or, or once I started to get a little bit of my sea legs, I realized that this is a strength of mine, being able to focus in on, on the conversation, on the individual. It's just a, it's, it's inherent. Um, you know, we use a, 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 a terminology um, where we kind of joked amongst us students in this space that you know, many of us have been driving without a license in this space for quite some time. And so I think that, uh, uh, and that using that analogy, apparently I had been driving the tractor around my, uh, my, uh, you know, my, my yard for many, many years, but, uh, but I certainly, you know, haven't been licensed until now. So to answer your original question, I would say that that was, um, something that was already a natural for me, Hmm. um, as my personality and so on, but I really felt like I started honing that craft and understanding the value of that particular skill. Um, again, probably, probably midway through when I really started doing some of my own coaching. So I was, you know, understanding some of the basics, gotten through the fundamentals and really started the practice of it. I think folks who listen uh, are fairly sophisticated in many, many ways because they find us through LinkedIn and my Facebook group. But I, I wonder if you could toss out uh, a working definition of coaching because there is mentoring, there's training, there's all kinds of ings around helping an individual uh, as an individual accomplish something. Uh, so what's coaching in your mind? I think the basic assumption of coaching is, is that we, each of us, are creative, resourceful, and whole. Mm-hmm. And that in that assumption, we, in fact, know the answers to many of the problems that we might be facing in any given moment. And so the role of a coach is to help individuals through the journey, side by side, and to help them see that they have the answers. Wow. And you you do that through lots of different ways, but many times I'd say that the most basic way is, you know, there's lots of questions, uh, lots of opportunity to reflect. And as a coach had provided to me one time, it's the only time in your life where you have someone that is wholeheartedly listening to everything and anything you have to say. So, again, I pay for I pay for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that. And and um, 
the wholehearted part, I think, is is particularly different than perhaps counseling or other, you know, therapies and and that it it, it seems to me, and and I think that's why executive coaching tends to be intramural, intramural. It, it happens within, usually within companies or places. And so you, the, the understanding is that if someone's coaching it, it doesn't mean you're messing up and it's a bad sign. <laughs> Uh-oh, <laughs> you know, the coach is at the door, you know, Bob, Bob must know the country, company's going under and stuff like that. So it, it's a culturally supported, it seems to me a culturally supported uh, relationship for a person to have a coach. In fact, if I were making the world over, I would, with what you just said, Jackie, I would get, make sure every human being had a coach <laughs> all the time <laughs> to be listened to. I think think of the think of the amazing changes that would happen if we all felt listened to. Yeah, yeah. I, I that was a powerful moment for me too when I heard that from um, from this particular coach. And and I think you bring up a good point too in terms of, you know, um, you know, I'll be real. I've had a therapist in my life, right? And so one of the things I think that was that has been different about that relationship is is that many times you do go to them when you do have a problem in particular, right? Mm, and yeah, um, and many times um, with with therapy, you're looking at it's an issue that's rooted in the past that you're trying to work through potentially. Right. Whereas with coaching, you're really more future focused, and mm-hmm. so where you are today maybe um, at a specific place, but you want to be able to move that forward in some way. And, and uh, a, a, an example might be, um, and you know, some, some common issues that I've come up with recently have been women in business and working with these uh, high profile women in leadership roles. And they're at a moment in time where they're questioning their particular career path or oh. projection. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. COVID has certainly offered some new insights to many women in this case, but there's other, you know, uh, influences that um, may have, have, have bubbled up over time as well, or within organizations. Mm-hmm. But here's a moment where they're stopping to say, something doesn't feel right, and I don't know what it looks like. Um, and so, you know, the, the conversation has more to do with what does what do you want the future to look like and helping them to see and shape that because they have it inside right it's just being able yeah. to stop reflect have someone challenge and question them and help them get to a place where they're seeing a little bit more clarity um, for the future i hear in my head as you're saying that non-judgmental is oh, that a part of your conditioning Absolutely. And that's part I, of I would fail. I would be getting an F because <laughs> I am the here come the judge and it's me. <laughs> and what you just said was stupid, Jackie. I'm telling you. <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, I think a lot of us are terrified of, of being judged by a second party uh, coach or not. You're still a, somewhat of a stranger. And I'm about to you know, tell you why I'm conflicted. And uh, I think one reason we are stuffed up sometimes is we've been, either we've been judged a lot or we just terrified of it. And we, and we don't know what it's going to feel like, but we know it's going to make us feel lesser than we did when we started the coaching cycle. You're not a judge. So yeah. how, do, how do you manage that though, to be sure that it doesn't creep in? 
So there's there's two important pieces here. One, through the, the training and I'll say the oath that I have taken on going into this practice is, is that the fact is, is that I have, um, I have a, an, an ethical and moral commitment to um, staying away from, from, from judgment, right? Mm-hmm. So that I am, I'm going in and, and I'm leading a judge-free zone and I'm creating a judge-free zone. Um, mm-hmm. And so, in fact, every single conversation begins with, I want to, first of all, ensure that you're in a safe place. And that you are feeling safety right now to have this conversation. Um, so that's one. And then the second part of that intro and every single conversation is around confidentiality. So establishing mm-hmm. that, even if I've spoken to the person twelve times, that you know that we are we, that we are under the same um, uh, you know auspices that uh, that that this is a confidential conversation between my this myself as the coach and this person. But, but that aside, right, um, the, the piece that you asked me at the beginning around, you know, how did I realize um, and, and recognize the moment where I could completely focus, that's part of it, right, is, is that it's those not only, you know, if your dog's barking or you just had a horrible meeting or your phone is ringing, whatever that might be, it's also the focus of being able to be aware if you are judging and us quiet it down. Um, which is really is very difficult. Um, no, it must be because your values and another person's values are not going to be clashing, and you've got to well, yeah. not in order to be, provide that zone. You you're not suspending your own values, but you're trying very hard to be sure that they don't get tangled up in another person's values. Hundred percent. Wow. <laughs> Again, yeah. F of, F for Dave. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a little being a little hard on myself, but I'm speaking for probably the millions of us who have a, a natural feeling, of, like you said earlier, of uh, driving without that license uh, because we tend to be somewhat empathetic and and like to be that kind of person for others, particularly our loved ones and friends. But we're rookies at best at it, and you're. Uh, accepting the responsibility of time commitment and the costs of becoming uh, developed and coached in order to become a coach and then have that code of ethics and have that uh, reputation that you need to garner uh, is a a really big change, Jackie. But as I said at my beginning of this conversation, it's a set of handles. Yeah that you can grip and now I can see you can focus. And while you've got two great lively little boys and a husband and and family all around and all kinds of things, when Jackie's coaching, when mom's coaching, uh, she's in, she's gone from us until she comes back in the next 45 minutes. Again, I'm, I'm projecting on you. Is that sort of like what it is? Yeah, and I make a rule to not coach when my kids are here because that actually is a um, it, it 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 can be a distraction because yeah, I can hear little, little squeaky so, voices in the background if you're doing exactly, it. <laughs> exactly, um, but but I I'd say I'll give you just a a, a bit of an example too. Um, I coach with an individual that I know from a previous life, and when we first started coaching, I remember having 
feeling get completing our sessions and feeling like I, I wasn't able to be effective as this person's coach. And I realized one day it was because I had so much empathy for this individual. I, I, I truly was hurting for them. Yeah. And, and I was trying to help solve the problem in many yeah. ways and yeah. where we have since I'll say our, our relationship has matured from a coaching standpoint has been, I'm able to actually now stand alongside of her as her coach and also remove myself from the, uh, the, the deep empathy and rather walk with her. Uh, mm. And that has been very hard, um, but it's also been a great lesson for me. And, um, and I have to continue to challenge myself. Um, and, um, and one other example I'll provide, there's another person I work with that um, I have a vested relationship with this person for other reasons. And, um, and I found I was always trying to satisfy what I believe the goals were. And in fact, when I stopped being so focused on what I believe that person wanted to accomplish and, in, and, and began, again, traveling with this person on the journey, we have made so much more success. And, uh, and, and the feedback that's been provided has been, yes, Jackie, this has been extremely effective. And I feel like I'm growing more as a result of these conversations. See, that's the payoff because the feeling of success should not be equal in the sense that she or he, your, your coachee, I'm guessing would want to feel abundant success if they realize as you were working along with him, they were doing a lot of problem solving, a lot of learning. Uh, but I've also known you as an expert in leadership, leadership development. I've known you as a, as a, as a manager, managerial leader. And I also know that a goal to you is something that needs to be chased down, pinned to the ground and consumed. <laughs> You're very goal-driven in a wonderful way, and, and you teach others to be that way, too. So here's another thing you had to kind of hold back behind the dam was your own goal direction. Yes, yes. Well, how, did you, how did you pull that off? <laughs> um, this has been um, it, something I've been I'm actively working towards because as a part of my training and as a part of uh, the experience that I have with my coaches, one of the things that we do at the beginning of our conversation after, of course, uh, the other items I just mentioned is talk about what the goals are for that particular conversation. Okay. And the individual will obviously offer up their insights on what they'd like to accomplish. So that is wonderful. Uh, and what we're working towards, but what, I have found to be the most effective use of our time is let me use an analogy uh, of, of hiking, right? So okay. let's just say, for example, you go out for a hike and you have uh, you're on the main path of the, of the hike, right? But yet while you're hiking, you see something amazing that's to your right. And as far as you know, it's not a part of the given path, right? But you explore it because it's, it's it's interesting. It's you're curious about it. You you feel like that's where you want to just go see today. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and ultimately you might meander down that, um, that, that road or that, uh, that, 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 um, that offshoot. And it's a wonderful experience. And at some point in time, you have to get back home. And so you go back to the path, right? right? And what you found was, is that you learned a lot more having taken that side road than had you just gone straight down the main path. Yeah. And so where I continue to, to stretch myself is to allow us and the conversation to go down that side road and trust that ultimately we're going to get back to the car. And many times that side road is the most beautiful and most um, impactful part of the experience. Yeah. See, that's our, our, I, the, the notion of straight paths and, and uh, side roads, such linearity uh, that uh, it's it uh, it's almost like oh no you can't go o- over there and see that beautiful thing because look at look at the, look at the watch we had us we set our goal that we'd be at the top of this trail by X Y Z it's gonna uh, start getting dark uh, blah 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 and they look over there and go oh, okay. uh and again that's a role in some ways it's a role reversal for you because you you've been you know over the years having to take lots of people on a project by project basis pretty much up the straight line of time as close as possible and tangents and you know when time is money in the corporate side of things are, are very rare um so i see this as we're moving on close to the end of time for this conversation as I see you and time itself have a bargain now to be kind to each other, but time be kind to you because you're, you're on the clock in a way when you're coaching, but you're not going to let that clock be your boss. And the clock's going to forgive you if in that period of time, no matter what goals you set at the beginning of the conversation, You've been quotes straight off into something else, which ultimately a year or an hour later, that person goes, thank God I had that insight. <laughs> so Jackie, you are a coach. I am. I am. I was on a, a, a networking call earlier today and, uh, and I started to explain um, where I was in the coaching path. And I actually caught myself and I said, I'm an executive coach. And <laughs> this is a wonderful, wonderful place to be. And there's still lots of the journey can play, you know, lots of the journey left to go. Oh yeah. But, um, but each time I coach, I learn a little bit about myself. Each time I'm coached, I learn a little bit about how to be a good coach. And so um, this is where we where life sometimes can empty our bucket. This is a place where I feel my bucket gets filled and I feel like I'm truly helping people with whatever it is that they might be going through as well. Boy, am I proud of you. So thank you for, you know, really, I've learned so much from you in this half hour, just learning about coaching. I, I, uh, uh, if, if I could start over, uh, I might uh, try it myself sometime, but you know, time and I do not get along. Cause, uh, 
<laughs> I don't get a chance to start any big stuff over like you have, but you're in a great time in your career. And uh, again, I'm very proud of you. Thank you, John. And hey, you just wrote a book. So you can, in fact, take on new things. <laughs> oh, you know, you're right. <laughs> and I'm at 169 on the podcast. I uh, See, I got coached, folks. In this last <laughs> second, I got coached. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to anactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon.